Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. John chapter 4. Man, what a powerful presence of the Lord. Amen. God is in this house this morning. Somebody say amen. John chapter 4, and we'll start reading at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Um, I've preached along this scripture several times, um, but in the last couple of days, the Lord has really uh, dealt with my heart um, in, out of this story, and I was kind of um, wrestling with it this morning in the prayer room, and Brother Smith came up and said, I want to show you something. And it was John chapter 4. And there was a specific verse that he said, God gave me revelation this morning in this story. And I picked up my notebook and showed it to him. And he's like, well, glory to God. Amen. And I told him, I said, I was wrestling with this because I've preached along these lines before. And uh, I'm not saying that every message you preach, you can preach the same on the same subject and it'd be different every time. But, um, you know, as a preacher, you, you want to bring some fresh bread to the table. And uh, I believe it's going to be that this morning. Amen. I believe that it's inspired by the Lord. And uh, how many is ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Amen. John chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew... How the Pharisees has heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Uh, that Jesus' ministry was far exceeding that of John the Baptist. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. Thank you, Luke. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And verse 4 says, and he must needs go through Samaria. It was, uh, he, they were going on a journey, a little bit of a, a journey. But part of that journey required them to pass through Samaria. Okay. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water Jesus saith unto her give me to drink for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat so Jesus made the journey to Sychar to Jacob's well which is in the valley of Shechem and he sent his disciples away to go buy food for lunch Okay, so he's sitting there by himself, and the woman comes to draw water. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, 
askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She immediately draws attention to the differences. Amen. How many know we do that sometimes? We focus more on the differences than the things we have in common. But when the things that we have in common, how many know that that draws us together? But the things that we have, uh, the differences between us repels us from each other. If you're in a relationship where you focus on the differences all the time, there's going to be a huge separation and division between you and that other person. Somebody say amen. Somebody say focus on the good. Focus, focus on that which brings you together. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the, knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. Somebody say he told her, you don't even know what you're worshiping. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. Somebody say, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. I'm going to preach to you on this subject this morning. A walk through Shechem. Amen. We're going to take a walk through Shechem. You want to do that with me this morning? Why don't you lift your hands, lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord, and just ask Him to speak to you this morning right now, right where we're at. Lord, in the name of Jesus, come on, every person, pray unto the Lord. We're here for Him. Amen. Come on, lift up your voice. Don't be ashamed. God, I need you today. I need you to show me. I need you to speak to me. Open my eyes, Lord, to see, my ears to hear, my hearts to be understanding of your word. Impact my life today, Lord, I pray. God, I want to hear from heaven. I want to utter your voice in this house today, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, let your anointing flow. 
unrestricted and unrestrained, Lord, in a supernatural way, speak to every heart, to every life, every family. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Lord, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Elbow your neighbor and ask him, are you ready? Now elbow him back and say, I'm ready. Amen. I take a couple minutes because it takes people a while to get settled. Amen. Praise the Lord. In this story, we find uh, Jesus uh, making a plan to take a journey to a place called Sychar. Now, if you do the research on S-Y-C-H-A-R, it's a city that's uh, on the border of the Valley of Shechem. Okay, now if you, if you read your Bible and you do a little bit of study uh, about uh, where this is located, if you get, you know, there is a purpose for the map section of your Bible. Amen. Because a lot of times um, the cities and the, the names of the cities and the places, they vary from generation to generation. Okay, so uh, the valley of Shechem was also called Sitchem. Amen. It was, it was uh, uh, if you read in uh, different places, it, it speaks of uh, the valley of Sitchem, which is the valley of Shechem. Amen. It's, a, it's the same valley, but if you, if you look it up in Scripture and you look at the map in your Bible, you'll begin to see where these places are located. Amen. It's important to understand the geographical location of where Jesus was at. Amen. If you want to understand uh, why he went there, if you want to tie it to the rest of Scripture, how many know that uh, when reading your Bible, uh, Scriptures and stories don't stand alone in the Bible, but they're all tied together. Amen. And to understand the whole of Scripture, you got to understand how everything ties together. And so you compare Scripture with Scripture. And the, and the Scripture in John chapter 4, when he talks about Sychar, if you go back and research where that was at, it ties you to the Valley of Shechem. Somebody say the Valley of Shechem. The Valley of Shechem was a very important place in Scripture. In Genesis 12, the valley of Shechem, the Bible says in 12, 6, and 7, that Abram passed through the land into a place called Sitchem. Amen. But if you research Sitchem, it is Shechem. Amen. And to the plain of Morah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built an altar. He built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. In the valley of Shechem was the first time that the Lord ever appeared to Abraham. Amen. How many know that Abraham was the father of faith? 
Abraham was the, the man that God chose to bring his, his lineage through. Amen. How many know that, that God began to speak of a Messiah, of a man that would come? And it was through the bloodline of Abraham that God chose to bring his son. He said, through thy seed shall all of the nations of the world be blessed. Through what I'm going to do through you, there's going to come a man, a Messiah, that's going to come to the earth, that's going to give his life as a ransom for many and his name shall be called Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us amen how many know that in the journey of Abraham that the valley of Shechem was the first instance that God spoke to Abraham about his promise for his life and the generations to come somebody say amen amen that's where it started in Shechem amen the Bible says in Genesis that that Isaac purchased Shechem and gave it to his son, or, or Jacob purchased she Shechem and gave it to his son Joseph. Amen. It's where Jacob in Genesis 35, everybody stay with me. I know it's a little bit of history, but we're going somewhere. Amen. Genesis 35, Jacob settled in his returning to Mesopotamia. He went to the valley of Shechem, and it was in the valley of Shechem where he purified his house. Somebody say Amen. It was in the valley of Shechem where he, he, he buried the strange gods and the idols that he was serving. Amen. How many know that he wasn't just serving the God of heaven, but he'd gotten off a kelter. He'd got, he'd got out of line with the word of God and the purpose of God for his life. And it was in Shechem where he buried those things that were pulling from his life. He dug a hole and he buried the idols in Shechem. Amen. It was in the valley of Shechem where Jacob made the decision that I'm going to serve the God of heaven. Amen. I'm going to purify my life. I'm going to serve him and only him will I. I serve. Amen. In Joel 3 and 14, the Bible says there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Amen. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I believe that the Lord is talking about the valley of Shechem. Amen. Because it was in the valley of Shechem where a decision was made for Jacob that I'm not going to serve the gods of this world. I'm not going to serve the gods that I've been serving. I'm going to serve the Lord God of heaven and him only shall I serve at some point in our life we have to make a commitment to the God of heaven somebody say amen elbow your neighbor and say he's talking to you amen in Deuteronomy 27 Moses gathered the children of Israel amen they were uh, they were getting ready to cross over into the into the promised land and and they they traveled to the valley of Shechem Read it, Deuteronomy 27. And Moses took all of the assembly out to the valley of Shechem. Okay? Uh, there's a valley between two mountains. All right? On the north is Mount Gerizim. And on the south is Mount Ebal. You're Mount Ebal. <laughs> Debbie said, I don't want to be Mount Ebal. <laughs> she knows she knows where I'm going with this. Oh, it's, it's amazing that I chose the side that has the least amount of people in it. That's typically the way it goes. Amen. But one side was Mount Gerizim. The other side was Mount Ebal. 
And, God, and Moses took the, the children of Israel out to the valley of Shechem, and he put half of the people on Mount Gerizim, on the edge of it, along the, the beginning of Mount Gerizim, and he put half the people on Mount Ebal. Amen. And he, and he looked at the, the, the people on Mount Ebal, and he, he read the curses out of the book of Deuteronomy, out of the book of the law. If you don't hearken unto the voice of God, then these curses are going to be upon you and upon the generations to come. In fact, he was telling them, if you don't listen to the word of God, there's going to be some chastisement that comes to your life. Amen. And you're not going to like it very much. Your life's going to be like Mount Ebal. Mount Ebal was a mount that was desolate. It was like wilderness. It was, there was no signs of life on Mount Ebal. It was, it was rocky. There was no vegetation. There was no flowers. There was no fruit. There was no running water. Amen. There was no signs of life on Mount Ebal. It was desolate. And basically what he was saying is if you, if you don't hearken to the commandment of God, your life's going to be desolate. It's going to be without life. It's going to be, it's going to be rocky. Come on. It's going to be like a wilderness. There's not going to be any signs of life. It's going to be cursed. But then he looked to the Mount Gerizim side and the people that was standing on the side of Mount Gerizim and he read the blessings that would come upon their life if they hearkened unto the voice of God. If you hearken to the voice of God, your life is going to be flourishing with life. I'm going to bless you going out and coming in and in the city and in the field. And if you read in Deuteronomy 28, you'll see the different blessings and cursings that God loosed upon the people. But basically what he was saying, I'm standing in the valley of decision between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, between life and death. I'm standing with a choice in my life of where I want to live and what I want to do with my days. If you don't hearken to the voice of the Lord, your life's going to be cursed. It's going to be hard. It's going to be lifeless. It's going to be full of death. But if you hearken to the voice of God, your life is going to be filled with the blessing of the Lord, flourishing with life, flourishing with the fruit of the blessing of God. Somebody say amen. Hearken, it's your choice. Somebody say it's your choice. Amen. And, and Joshua 24, you can go back later. You should write these scriptures down and go back and read these stories that I'm talking about. Maybe God will give you personal revelation in these stories. Joshua 24, he, Joshua is getting ready to pass away. And, and they've already taken the promised land. They're living uh, in, uh, in houses they didn't build. They're eating out of vineyards that they didn't plant. Amen. The, the, the prophetic word of God is coming to pass in their lives. They've taken the land that God had promised them. Okay, they're living in the land. Somebody say they're living in the land. The land that flows with milk and honey. The land that has everything that they need. But, but when Joshua was getting ready to pass from the scene... And they're getting ready to have new leadership. He takes them back to the valley of Shechem. Somebody say the valley of decision. And he, he stands between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. And he does the same thing that Moses did. He revisits the words of Moses in the ears of the people. Because now there's a new generation. Right? There's a, there's a new generation of people. There's a, uh, as time goes forward, new people come in. Come on. How many know people die and, and children are born? And as new generation comes up, they need to have the same teaching that the old generation have. And teachings don't die with generations. Amen. How many know that the Bible was meant for all generations? 
The word of God is for all people, all generations. But how is our generation going to know if somebody don't stand and proclaim the word of God to this generation? And it has not changed. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Amen. If you want eternal life, you're going to come through the work of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen. The gospel has not changed. And so Joshua had to tell the next generation. I'm getting ready to leave. But here it is. He took them back to the same valley. To the same place. He said, half of you, put half the tribes on Mount Gerizim's side and half the tribes on Mount Ebal. And he told them, if you choose not to hearken to the voice of God, your life's going to be hard. It's going to be lifeless. It's going to be filled with curses. It's going to be filled with things that you don't want. Emptiness and darkness. Come on, it's going to be lifeless. But if you choose to walk in the commandment of God and, the, and, and hearken unto the voice of God. How many know we have to make an individual choice to hearken to the voice of God? Amen. Uh, just coming to church is not going to do it. you got to be obedient to God's word. If you hearken to the voice of God, your life's going to be flourishing with life. You're going, to, you're going to flourish with the fruit of the blessing of the Lord. Somebody say, that's what I want. And then he makes a statement. He said, choose you this day. Whom you will serve. Amen. He takes it from being a collective uh, uh, speech or sermon. Amen. To, to, to being an individual thing. Because uh, he understood that every person had to choose individually. That I'm going to obey the commandment of God. But then he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know how, what, 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 your, what your week entails. I don't know what you do in your, in your private time and your time with your family. But there has to be a conscious decision and a choice. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to live under the command of God. As for me and my house, we're going to hearken to the voice of the Lord in our lives. As for me and my house, I'm going to do the will of God because I want the blessing of the Lord upon my life. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so the valley of Shechem was very, very important in scripture. Amen. If you look up the valley of Shechem, it was called the, the way of the patriarchs. Okay, because if you read through the Bible, they all pass through Shechem. Okay, there's no way around. Every other way to, to, to get to Jerusalem was over the mountains. Amen. So in order to get to Jerusalem, you had to come through the valley of Shechem. Amen. If you're coming from the sea, you had to pass through. And so when you're reading the Bible, it, it's called the way of the patriarchs because they all pass through the valley of Shechem. Amen. At some point in their life, they were in the valley of Shechem. At some point, they got to a place where they had to make a decision. Amen. And if you follow the valley of Shechem between the two mountains, it pours out and Sychar, if you look up right on the edge of Mount Gerizim, on the north side of Shechem, right in the mouth of the valley. And right at the mouth of the valley, there's a crossroads. Right? There's, a, there's another way that goes north and south. If you, if you get to the crossroads, how many know what a crossroads is? 
The crossroads is a place where decisions got to be made. Man, you, you come through the valley of Shechem, you get to the mouth of the valley, and you're at, the, at a dead end. It's one way or the other. Somebody say one way or the other. You, you, you're at a place where you got to make a decision. Amen. you got to make a choice. When you're at a crossroads, a decision is required. Amen. i got to go one way or the other. If you turn to the south, you go toward the holy city, which is Jerusalem. If you turn toward the north, you go away from the holy city, which is Jerusalem. Amen. And the whole point of this message is the valley of Shechem. Amen. The valley of decision. When you get to the crossroads at the mouth of the valley, there's a decision that has to be made. At every point, at every life in this building, everybody under the sound of my voice, you're going to get to a certain point in your life where you have to make a decision of what road you want to travel. Come on. You have to make a decision of what your destination, what you want your destination to be. Somebody say amen. Let me know when you start out on a journey, you got to know your destination first. You get your GPS out. You type in the destination. I'm going to Columbus, Ohio. Okay. You do that before you leave. If you don't do that before you leave, are you going to be able to get to where you want to go? You got to know where you're going. Somebody say, I want to know where I'm going. If, you're, if you don't know where you're going or where you want to end up, how are you going to know how to get there? Somebody say, man, I know it's simple, but if I'm going to Columbus and I go down here to the interstate, I got to go west. Amen. There'll be a big sign there. It says Columbus turn here. Now, if you make a decision at that point, well, I don't want to go west. I want to go east. Okay. And you get on the interstate to go east. Where are you going to end up? <laughs> Not Columbus, right? You're going to end up wheeling West Virginia. You're going to Pittsburgh or something. Who wants to go to Pittsburgh? That's where the Steelers are. Who wants to go to Pittsburgh? <laughs> I, I got, there's some Pittsburgh fans in here, and I just lost them. Amen. We want to go north to Cleveland, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to go to Cleveland either. You can't turn the wrong direction and end up at the right destination. It's, it's not possible. You can't go east and end up in Columbus. If Columbus is your destination that you want to end up at, you can't go east. If you go east, you're going away from where you want to go. You can't make a decision, I'm going to go this way and end up in that other place. If you're going to go east, you're going the wrong direction. So in order to, 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 to correct your navigation, you have to turn around. Somebody say turn around. You have to, if you understand, I'm going the wrong direction. If I want to end up in heaven, I can't go my own way. I can't go my own way and end up in the destination that I've required. The world wants us to tell them, you can do what you want, go what you want, uh, make the decisions you want to make, do what you feel, and you're still still all going to end up in the same place. That's false doctrine. You can't go your own way and end up in the right place. You got to make a decision in your life. I'm going to go God's way and I'm going to turn around and do things the way that God has purposed for me to do them. Clap your hands to the Lord.
Amen. So if I'm going the wrong direction, I got to make a turn. And usually, how many's ever gotten on the interstate going the wrong way? I have a daughter, I'm not going to name any names, that has no sense of direction. She's coming home from work, done it a thousand times. Gets on the interstate going toward Wheeling. And, you know, if somebody has no direction, it takes them a while to figure out that they're going the wrong way. You're like, I don't remember passing Old Washington. Quaker City. Fairview. St. Clairsville. <laughs> West Virginia. Mountain Mama. <laughs> Some people, it takes a little longer than others to realize, hold on a minute, the, thing, the, the scenery that I'm seeing is not what I want to see. Come on. If the fruit that your life is producing is not what you want to see, let me give you a revelation this morning. You're going the wrong direction. Amen. And God sent me here to tell you to turn around. Repentance is a turning. Amen. It's a change of mind. It's a change. Look up the word repentance in, in your Strong's Concordance. It is a, it's a change of direction. It's a change of mind. It's a, it's a change of thinking. Uh, I'm changing. I'm turning. I'm doing a U-turn. I've gotten on the interstate going the wrong direction before. And you know those emergency? They say, authorized vehicles only. I'm authorized. <laughs> Matt's shaking his head. Breaking the law, breaking the law. Emergency vehicles only. This is an emergency. I got to hurry up and get home, right? I went the wrong direction. I'm looking for the first emergency turnaround I can get. Amen. Uh, some of us, we need an emergency turnaround. Amen. We need to turn around now. There's danger in your future. You're heading the wrong direction. And the longer you wait, the further you get out of the way. Come on. The further you get away from where you're supposed to be. And the further you get away from where you're supposed to be, the longer it's going to take for you to get back to where God has called you to be. And so today needs to be the day that you turn around and you start heading in the right direction. Turn away from your own way and do it God's way. Amen. Somebody say, turn around. I've done it my way before. And it sent, took me places I didn't want to go. Caused things to happen in my life that I didn't want to happen. Amen. I re re reaped fruit of my decisions that I did, didn't know I was planting. How many know what I'm talking about? Because God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. If you're planning sin, you're going to reap death. Amen. All sin, is, it, has, it has death wrapped up in its seed. And it will ultimately produce that in your life. Amen. If you want the right kind of thing in your life, you've got to plant the right kind of thing. Somebody say amen. And so the valley of Shechem is a representation of a, a valley of decision.
it's, it's a point at which a decision has to be made. Amen. It's a, it, it's a decision. Somebody say decision. What is a decision? It's a choice. Right? You have, a, you have a, this choice and you have that choice. There's only two choices. Your decision dictates direction. Okay, so whatever you choices you're making on a daily basis is dictating the direction that you're heading. Okay? Every day of our lives we have decisions to make. How many know what I'm talking about? What we're going to do, what we're going to watch, what we're going to say, what we're going to put our bodies to, what we're going to yield our members, servants to obey. Somebody say amen. Every day of our life we're faced with decisions. And every decision is important because it dictates direction in our life. You can't make the wrong decision and end up at the right destination because the direction dictates destination. Decision, somebody needs to write it down. Direction, destination. Amen. If I don't get the decision right, the end result's not going to be what I want it to be. Amen. And so Jesus tells his disciples, I must needs go through Samaria. Amen. We're going to, I got a stop I need to make. So he, they go on this journey, and it's a, it's a long journey. He's tired from the journey. Amen. How many know Jesus got tired? He had a body. He sat on the well, and he sent his disciples away for them to go get some lunch. Amen. That sounds good right now, don't it? Is anybody else hungry? I got one honest soul. He sits on the well. He's, 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 Jacob's well was located at the mouth of the valley of Shechem. Go back and look it up. It's, it's right at the edge of the valley, right, right next to Sychar, where Sychar was located. And so he's sitting on the well in the valley of Shechem. And here comes this woman. She's, she's, she needs water. And... She's come to this well. Obviously, she used it all the time. Uh, she, she comes to the, the well to get water, and there's Jesus sitting there. She comes, and, and Jesus said, can, can you give me something to drink? He, he approaches her. Can you, can you give me something to drink? She says, uh, why are you asking a drink from me? Because you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. And if you know anything about the history, you know that Samaritans were looked down on by the Jews. They were, uh, they were mixed with other nations, Assyria. They were, they were, uh, they were half Jews. You know, they were, uh, they, they were part Jew, but not full Jew. And so they were looked down upon because they stumbled away from uh, Jerusalem and they built their own temple on Mount Gerizim, right here. Okay, the Samaritans had their own place of worship. Okay, they didn't worship in Jerusalem with the rest of God's people. They worshipped in Mount Gerizim. Amen. Because when Joshua said the blessings on Mount Gerizim, they built a temple there. Okay, not really understanding that it's not a natural blessing that they're looking for; it's a spiritual blessing. 
Amen. And the, and, the, and the geographical location really doesn't matter to the Lord now. Amen. Because how many know there's a new Jerusalem? Amen. That, that, that his, spiritual, his kingdom is spiritual. Amen. And so he's sitting on the well, and she, she immediately brings up the differences between them. Why are you asking something of me? We don't have any dealings together. And he said, well, if you understood who I was and why I'm here, you would have asked me of a drink, and I would have given you living water. Amen. How many know Jesus is the giver of the Holy Ghost? Amen. It's the Spirit of Christ. Come on. It's the Spirit that's poured out on the day of Pentecost. He said, I will give you, if you go back and read John 7, he said that this spake he of the Spirit, because the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. How many know that he was talking of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Amen. On the day of Pentecost. Well, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, and he's telling her these things, and she has no idea what he's talking about. She's like, you don't even have a pot. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody's spiritual things? And they have no clue what you're talking about? They're like, you don't even have a pot to draw with. How are you going to give me, where is this living water? Right? So on the surface, no understanding of who Jesus was. And she said, I know, I know that, 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 that they speak of the Messiah coming. He said, that him that you speak of, I'm he. Amen. He reveals himself to her as the Messiah. And she begins to talk about their worship. She said, uh, we worship on this mountain. Points at Mount Gerizim. This is where we worship. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Amen. Uh, she begins to begin to draw a, a division between where they worship. Come on. What, it doesn't matter if you're in Cambridge or Zanesville or, or St. Clairsville or Ohio or West Virginia. Amen. It doesn't matter where you're at. How many know God's the same everywhere? Amen. And so Jesus makes a statement. He said, the hour's coming when I, God will not be worshipped in this mountain or in Jerusalem. Amen. He's talking about, he's, he's, he's drawing the line of what it takes to worship God. It doesn't matter about geographical location. Jerusalem is no more holy anymore than Cambridge, Ohio. Amen. Because once the Spirit of God was poured out after the crucifixion on the cross, uh, he said, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth or in sincerity and truth for the father seeketh such to worship him amen so jesus was telling her you're worshiping on mount gerizim but you're you're living on mount evil he said go get your husband stay with me go get your husband and we'll talk a little bit more about this. She's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, uh, okay. Have you ever tried to not tell God the whole truth? I don't have a husband, so I, that's not necessary. So just give me this water. Well, no, you've had five husbands, 
and the one you have now is not your husband. The one you're fornicating with is not your husband. So you have well spoken that you don't have a husband because the guy you're with now is not your husband. She says. You know, there's no reason to hide from God. He knows already. He sees it. He saw what you did last night. Somebody say amen. You know, Jesus knew where she was living but he still went to the well. He knew what lifestyle she was living in, but he still showed up at the well specifically for her. He sent his disciples away because he knew they wouldn't understand about why he had to talk to a woman that had five husbands and the one that she had right then wasn't her husband. Amen. He didn't hold her past against her or he didn't judge her based on where she was at in that moment, but understood that this is where you're at right now, but you've got to come to grips with where you're at right now so I can take you where I want you to be. If you're not willing to be honest with yourself or honest with me, then I'm I can't pour my spirit out upon you. Amen. If you're not willing to be honest with God, he can't touch your life. If you're, if you're willing to live in a facade and live behind a lie and live in a dark corner somewhere where you think nobody knows about what's going on in your life or nobody can see what's happening or the choices that you're making, there's a God in heaven whose eyes roam to and fro in the whole earth. He sees in dark places. He knows what you said in secret. He knows what you're talking about and what you're doing. Somebody say, that's creepy. <laughs> no, that's real. We talk about Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. No, he don't. That's a lie. Amen. The only one that can see you is Jesus. He sees it all. Somebody say, he sees it all. Amen. And before you can come to grips with where you're going in God and make the right decision in your life, you need to come out into the light and say, here it is, Lord. This is what I've done. This is where I've been. Don't try to hide from God. He already knows it. But the only hearts that he's going to pour his spirit out on are hearts that are honest and sincere before him. Somebody say amen. Sincerity. When Joshua took the children of Israel to the valley of Shechem, he said, you'll need to serve him in sincerity and in truth. And when Jesus shows up on the well, talking to the woman at the well, he says, in, excuse me, spirit and in truth. Amen. In sincerity and in truth. What is sincerity? How do you know when somebody is sincere? When they're totally sincere. Their actions match their words, yeah? Yeah, that, that's good. But there's no holding back. They're, uh, <laughs> sometimes you, you try to get the truth out of your kids. And the truth comes out one little piece at a time. How many know what I'm talking about? It's, well, yeah, it's true that I was in the living room. But I didn't break the lamp. Okay. So you were there at the time when it was broken. So were you throwing the ball?
Well, I wasn't really throwing it. I was just tossing it up in the air. You know, it's, it's, the truth comes out one little piece at a time. You know that God can't work with partial truth. Amen. It's until you get to the place in your life where you're willing to be totally, completely sincere with God. Sincerity means transparency. Something that's transparent, you can see through. It's anything that's transparent. That window back there is transparent. I can see through it. And therefore, when the light hits it, the light doesn't stop. It goes through it. Amen. It projects the light that's hitting it because it's 100% transparent. You can see through it. Amen. Somebody that's sincere is transparent. Amen. They're, they're 100% clear and open to God. Amen. They don't hold back the details that may be harmful to their image. Come on. They don't hold back the details that may be harmful for what they think people think about them. Amen. And in fact, people don't even matter because Paul said, if we seek to please men, we are not the servants of Christ. So it doesn't really matter if people accept you or not. Come on. What matters is whether or not God is pleased with you. And what pleases God is for us to be honest with ourselves and with him. Self-deception is the worst kind of deception. Amen, because he says, he said, they that, that hate the light, they, they, they love the darkness. They walk in darkness because their deeds are evil. Amen. And they know that if they step out into the light, that their deeds are going to be reproved. They, they know that if they, if they come and be honest about what's really happening in their life, that there's going to be some change that needs to be made. There's going to be some correction in their life. And so if you're hiding in the dark, that means you're, you're hiding from the truth. Somebody say amen. If you're hiding from the truth, you're walking in darkness. But they who love the light, they step out into the light, they, they want to know that the deeds are wrought in God or came from God. They want to know that the way that they're living is the way that God wants them to live. And so everything that they do, they bring before the Lord. They step out into the light. They open their heart, their life, their decision making, what they're doing at nighttime, what they're looking at on their phone. You know, we need to have, be accountable. Somebody say accountable. You need to be accountable to somebody. Everybody in this room needs to be accountable to somebody. What does accountability do? What's it do for you? Keeps you on the right path, don't it? Hey Amen. There's a, there's a young man that came to me some years ago. And he was having some trouble with some things that he was looking at on the Internet. And he said, Brother Chrisman, I want you to I, I, I want you to help me. I want I want to be I want you to be my accountability partner. And I said, I'm not sure what that is. He's like all my devices that I have. I'm, I'm in this program. I'm going to set you up. As my accountability partner. And every website that I visit, 
you're going to be able to access and know about. like okay all right i'll do that i'll do that for you that's been i don't know probably almost three years ago and i am still his accountability partner every monday i get a report on my email about his devices and the things and whether or not there are things that are uh, questionable or not amen why why did he do that he knows that God's watching. Amen. But there's other people around us that are watching for our souls also. Come on, somebody. Amen. And he wants to be honest, not just with, with, with the people around him, but with himself. Because it makes you be accountable for your actions. Amen. You can't hide from the truth when somebody else knows about it. Amen. If there's ever anything in their head, there has not been anything. But if there's ever anything that's questionable, then I have the right to go to him and say, hey, what is this that I got this report that says that you've been looking at this website? Amen. How many know we need to be accountable for what we look at, what we listen to, where we go, what we do, the things we put our hands to do, even in private times of our life? Amen. Accountability. The Father seeks such to worship him. He's looking for people that are honest with him. He's looking for people that really want change in their life. Amen. He's looking for people that really want to go where he wants to take them. Amen. He's, he's looking for people that might be living on Mount Ebal. They might be living in a desolate place. They might have curses upon their life. But if they're willing to be honest with themselves, he can elevate them in a moment. He can touch their lives in a moment. He can change their heart in a moment. Amen. In a moment's time, if you're willing to open yourself up to what God wants, don't quit pretending that everything's okay when it's not. Quit covering up with the nighttime. Quit covering it up because nobody else knows about it yet. But understand, if I come clean with God, that God will open up the windows of heaven and he will bless my life with all of his good treasure. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Stand with me all around the building. He said, we know what we worship. You know not. You're, you're worshiping on Mount Gerizim, but you have no idea what you're worshiping. But the Father seeketh such to worship Him in spirit. And in truth. How I many know there's one way to the Father? And that's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Anything else is worshiping on Mount Gerizim. Amen. We have to understand this morning. God's not trying to punish you. Necessarily. For your past. He wasn't sitting on the well so that he could just throw her past up in front of him. But in order to get her to understand that he knew, he brought it up. 
Sometimes the things that we're caught up in need to be revealed so that we understand that God really knows and that that the things that we're doing, what do he say? The things you're doing in secret, they're going to be shouted from the housetop. But regardless of the life that you're living or have lived, the decisions you've made, Jesus was sitting on the well waiting for her to let her know, I made a way that you can get out of that mess that you're in and you can live a life that's abundant. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly, and more blessed, and more fulfilled. She had come to that well many, many, many times. But this day was different. Because the moment that she saw Jesus and He spoke to her, she understood the purpose of the well in the valley. She understood you know, how many times have we come to the house of God? How many times have you been in church in your life? You might have come to this well a hundred times. But this morning you really understand that it's not necessarily about this place. But it's about the man that's sitting on the well who can touch your life and change your life. Amen. Jesus sitting on the well was a representation to let her know that the well, this water in this well right here physically, it can't do anything but quench your thirst for just a moment. And you're going to have to go back again and again and again to keep getting refilled. But the water that I have to give shall be springing up on the inside of you, a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. Total fulfillment don't come from the things of this world. It comes from Jesus Christ alone. Somebody say amen. As we're standing in this building this morning, some of us, we're standing in the valley of decision. Some of you have been coming for weeks, months maybe. And, and, and you're still standing in the same place that you have been since the first time that you showed up. But it's time for you to make a decision. It's time for you to step out and, point, and head towards God. Make a decision and say, you know what? I want the blessing of the Lord upon my life. I want the hand of God on my life. I want His protection. I want His provision. I want to do things the way that He has purposed for me to do them. I want to go the direction that He has purposed for my life. I want to end up at the right destination. If that's the case today, then a decision needs to be made. We need to step out and move towards God. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning and just begin to pray. Come on, saints. In the name of Jesus, we need you today, Lord. We need you today, Lord. No man cometh unto the Father except the Spirit draws him. 
I pray that you would begin to draw every soul, every, every person. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. She was living on Mount Ebal. She was living in curse. She was living in desolate places. No fulfillment, emptiness, darkness. Amen. The only time that she was ever feeling any joy is maybe when she's operating in the pleasures of this life, but they're only for a season. And so she would sit back into darkness and depression. The only real life is a life lived for God. And the only true happiness is happiness that comes from Him. And knowing that you're doing exactly what you were created to do and fulfilling your purpose in the will of God. If you're here this morning and you know that you've been living on Mount Ebal, you know that you've been living in a place, you're trying to worship in Mount Gerizim. You're trying to worship in a blessed place. But every time you come to the house of God, you feel His presence, but then you go back to that desolate place and you live the rest of the week in a desolate place. That's not the will of God. It's God's will to fulfill your life totally and completely. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.